Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Recorded live. You know, at the time of uh, recording. You're listening to the Hot Takeout Podcast, the only podcast with a 30 minutes or less guarantee, or it's free. And now your host, Chad Bradley. Can I take your order? Thank you so much for pressing play on the Hot Takeout Podcast, part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find your favorite podcast at www.spreaker.com forward slash Studio DNA. My guest this week, maybe you've heard of him, Jordan Felice, part of Centricity Music, label mates like Lauren Daigle and others, but Lauren Daigle, come on, you definitely recognize that name. Felice currently out on the Faith Tour, mixing updates with I Am They, Hannah Kerr, and North Point Inside Out. And in this episode, we talk a little bit about the pressures artists face over creating music and content for consumers who do just that, consume and then throw away. And Jordan is no different. He is somebody who faces this day in and day out. Also, he's got kids which is where we start the podcast just talking dad to dad congratulations on the birth of your newest child you're like six months deep in that yeah uh yeah what well, dude you know what's crazy it's been a year dude a year a year yeah trust me it feels like it feels like three months to me but yeah he he turned a year in august it's flown by <laughs> <laughs> like flown by it's it's just been absurd and my oldest is four now which is just crazy but yeah, I mean, it's, it's been incredible and he's, he's so awesome. We have a, we have a little girl. She's our oldest. And then we have a little boy who's our, our baby. We're, we're so blessed, man. It's, it's been amazing. Have you noticed the need to baby proof differently with your son? Cause I have, I have a six year old daughter, a four year old daughter and a three year old son. And my son is like a Tasmanian devil and has been since the word go, like started walking at nine months and really not even yeah. walking, but like he falls forward and would catch himself from falling and it would just go fast across the house. So we had to baby proof oh, everything. Man. Didn't have to do that with the girls. Had to with him. Do you, do you have to baby proof differently for him? It, yes. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And it's same experience, man. I mean, my little girl, she was so chill. I mean, when we would just tell her no, she would just listen, you know? And um, Judah is completely different. I mean, he'll just, he'll say no and he'll look at you and he'll smile and he'll just swing the door open. You know what I mean? And, um, <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, we've had to like, like one of the things that we, we never had to do with Jolie was, uh, the, like the outlets, you know, how you yeah. have to like plug the outlets up. Um, we never had to do that with Jolie because at one point she, you know, was going towards one and we were like, no, 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 you know, and she just never did it again. It's crazy. And with Judah, I mean, he's like, we've like watched him several times where like, He's like, he's just, he, they're, they're also, boys are so sneaky, man. Like, they just, they're they're quick and they're quiet. You know what I mean? Like, they'll just, like, get somewhere that they shouldn't be and just think it's hilarious. You know what I mean? And so, like, I've walked around the corner or something trying to find him, and he's over there trying to, like, stick his fingers in there. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, no. And even more so than just, oh. like, being sneaky and quiet, like, opportunist. My, uh, my, I can't tell oh. you how many times my wife would text me and go, well, I just got out of the shower. And our son was downstairs 
in like the the pantry trying to get the bleach out or something like he knew when he could and could not be mischievous like he has this radar i think that that's like kind of half the fun right now though you know whenever i get home it's kind of like hilarious to watch him because we you know you have a three-year-old we have like we can't really leave him you know uh we can leave Jolie, she's four, so I feel you on that one. But with him, he's got to kind of stay within, like, an eye's distance. And uh, But it's hilarious to try to watch him be mischievous, you know, within his little guidelines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, it's hilarious, bro. I, I love it, man. I love it. Being a dad is really one of the greatest joys of the world, man. It's it's incredible. I was a little hesitant at first on becoming a dad because, you, I mean, it's the it's the, the world of the unknown. Like, you know how to take care of yourself. And maybe your spouse and and work together there, but like being in yeah. being a dad, it just unlocks. I don't. Know, I feel like you. It just unlocks the level of love you didn't know that you were capable of. Uh, I. I hundred oh, percent, man. I've told people that being a dad and having kids, like they ruin your life in the best way possible. So like yes, things that you that, thought that you absolutely, great. yeah, th- things that you thought you absolutely had to have, like a full eight hours of sleep or consistent meals yeah. or consistent bathroom breaks. Those things don't exist anymore. Because you have to take yep. care of their needs first. Yep. And it's kind of ruined it for you. But it's, I mean, the, when a little kid curls up next to you and says, I love you, you're just like, oh, this is the best. I, I know, dude. It's, it really is the best. Your latest album out, by the way, fantastic. There's always, a, I think there's always a, a worry when like a, an artist, like, you know, one of your, your bigger hits, The River, when an artist comes out with a song like that, it's like, wow, great song. I hope they can do another one. and because radio, Christian radio especially, is what have you done for me lately? So the fact that you've sustained is just, I mean, fantastic. And obviously teaming up with Centricity, Chris Love is my dude. Love that guy. No pun intended. Yes. How and when do you write? Like, what's your process? You've got kids at home, really hard. Where do you find inspiration to start penning? Yes. Well, it's funny that you ask because basically... um I started writing in January of this year for record three. We started really early with this record because I just, I think the last record, I felt a lot of pressure on the last record, you know, just because I felt like, you know, the River record was such a, a massive success. And so you kind of feel this like underlying, like intense, I don't know, it's almost like a, uh, it, it's it's like an an absolute no-brainer that you have to do that again you know it's almost like an expectation that everybody has set on you even though they haven't and so i really just kind of hunkered down and we wrote a record and and honestly i I love future so much and we then i appreciate your words so much dude i think you know it's really easy for artists to you know start getting in their head a little bit and being like man like am i doing a good job like i don't know you know because we don't it's it's why I, i consider like really radio to be partners alongside like what i do you know because like y'all hear things that i never get to hear you know because people are really like able to you know communicate with you guys on a daily basis and i think running into this this new record it's been amazing to dive in even like deeper you know and i really feel like god has really called me to be even more vulnerable than i ever have before and uh and that's that's been like a huge I don't know. It's been a challenge for me, I would, I guess. I heard Kirk Franklin say, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, he says, I can, I can impress you with my success, but I can impact you with my failure. And I think that 
level yeah, of vulnerability is so important because somebody hears a song from an artist, it's like, oh, they've got it together. They've got, they figured out X, Y, and Z, and they figured yeah. out the secret sauce of having a relationship with God. And then that artist goes through struggles and then everybody's like, oh, well, if that was wrong and they couldn't figure it out, then maybe what I have isn't real. And the reality is, man, yeah. I, I just feel like everybody's a mess. And if we just started worrying about self and start worrying about relationship with God instead of, uh, there's a mainstream song I was listening to the other day that said, you know, you're calling out sins of other people, but that doesn't bring you closer to God. And yeah, it was kind of like a smack on Christians in general. And I'm like, yeah, I, I get it. We spend so much time pointing our fingers at people and saying, you have a problem, but don't look at me and my sins because these are personal. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't yeah. make sense. So vulnerability, I think, is so no, incredibly important now. That's, that's a really busy, that's really good. That's, that's very, very good. And honestly, it's been something that, you know, I've been in Christian music for a couple years now, three, almost four years, and I've grown up listening to it. And I think it's one of those things that I feel very like challenged by the Lord to kind of, I know it sounds so strange, but almost kind of create a new dimension for our industry a little bit. Like, and, and, um, you know, I feel like the Lord is kind of showing me how to do it. I know that sounds so strange, but I, I feel like it's one of those things where I really feel like just called to, to something new, you know, and, um, like a different kind of vulnerability, a different kind of music, a different kind of, you know, all, all those things. And I, we really started writing this record so early and it's not going to come out. For another year, you know, you had said earlier about asking about, you know, how I find time to write. Well, we actually, uh, on this tour, almost every weekend on this tour, I have songwriters that are flying in to hop on the bus and we're writing songs. <laughs> so it's, it's going to be really, really fun to like get to create and play music. And I, I always really kind of love writing on the road because it's, you, you just never have to like, there's no like a start and stopping time, you know, whereas like when you go to Nashville and you're writing songs, there's, oh, we're going to start at 10 and we're going to end at five, you know? And even if the idea is like steamrolling at like 4.30, you do have to like go home, you know, to your yeah. family and your kids and stuff. Whereas if you're out on the road and you're working, there is no stop time. I mean, you could literally write until three in the morning and then sleep the next day and sleep in and then you can get back up and, you know, go crush some more writing, go play a show, you know. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited, man. I'm, I'm super pumped up. No pressure, but it better be amazing. Um, no, I'm kidding. Dude, no, I feel you. <laughs> it really is. It really is unfortunate because being an artist, being a creative, even, even from the radio aspect, like we, we, we do things on a different level, but like it's still a production of, of like what we feel like should be a thing. And then to have yeah. critiques on it is like, well, I'm putting this out there. This is an extension of myself. And then somebody critiques it. You're like, <laughs> thank you for the critique. And now I'm going to go yeah. cry. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely, I mean, I feel like I'm a little different. I actually really love constructive criticism. As long as it's not like malicious criticism, you know, where somebody's like, this is just terrible or, you know, something. Yeah. I really, I love constructive criticism, dude. I really do. Like, I, I reach out to my team a lot for it. I reach out to my manager and my A&R because they're, you know, they're the people that are hired to speak into what I'm doing. But yes, I do know exactly what you're saying because there are people that it's not their job that sometimes they like to kind of stop over what you've done. And you're like, okay, cool. Like, I guess, I guess that's it. You saying you don't like it, <laughs> you know, it's, it's hilarious. I watched a, 
a documentary with it's a Jerry Seinfeld documentary called Comedian. And it it's, follows him as he's like retiring a bunch of old material, coming up with a bunch of new material. And he's kind of ranting at one point in this documentary about he's like, I'm a comedian. I've made a living out of making people laugh. I know funny. I know what's funny, but I don't decide whether or not people laugh to my jokes or, or if they find it funny. It's the plumber yeah. in the front row who has no experience in joke writing. It's up to him to find out if it's funny or it's up to the, you know, the soccer mom to find out if your song in, is impactful. And yeah, it's like, you, you know it, you're the professional, but trying to find that level of, you know it, but connecting is, I, I mean, talk about pressure. I'm sure, I'm sure you feel that. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It, there's definitely a pressure that comes with it, but you know, I, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm slowly but surely learning. You know, I feel like every day is one of those like days to kind of battle, especially with what we do. And every day I'm learning more and more how to give that up to God and just say like, Hey, this is, this is something that I want to give to you. You know what I mean? And I know that you're going to handle this way better than I will, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the pressures and the stress that comes with it and expectation on you or whatever it is you know it's funny because i think no matter where you are in your life whether you're having struggles or stress depression any of that stuff the constant reminder that i tell people is that man like we we can never outrun the love of jesus and that he wants to take everything that we have he he craves us to run to him and give him things i think oftentimes we we forget that because we as humans we just crave control like we crave it so bad yet we will never have it. If if we are actually Christians, we, we should never fully, it should never sink in that we have control or else we should be in a kind of a scary place in our life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, man, I, I feel that. And, and it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a fun season though, man. It really has. Well, just, just thinking about <laughs> that, you know, as you were, as you were talking, my four-year-old daughter just fell off the back of a chair downstairs in our basement and broke her wrist earlier this week. And oh. we've told her, a hundred times not to climb on this leather chair. Well, she found a moment, climbed up the back of the chair, fell off the back, hurt her arm. And even even as you're talking, like I'm putting these things together, like we as believers, we know what we're supposed to do. We know how we're supposed to behave. And in the moment of of sin and failure, like oftentimes we go and hide. We're like, oh, God can't love us right now. But I think of this moment with my daughter. She knew she wasn't supposed to be doing that. She knew she wasn't supposed to be on the chair. She fell and hurt herself really bad. But all she wanted in that moment was to come to me. And I'm the one who told her not to do it. She knew what my expectations were of her. But in that moment, too, I wasn't mad at her for climbing on the chair. I just wanted to comfort her. I just wanted her to feel loved and and comfort and and peace in that moment. And yes, we, we took her to the doctor and got it all checked out and she's good. But I feel like often... We as people, when we mess up, we hide from God because he couldn't possibly love us. And it's that father-child relationship. It's like, no, I'm hurt. I need help. My dad's going to help me. And that's, I just, um, I want I want that. I know when I mess up, I'm like, oh, <laughs> God, I messed up again. But I need to remind myself that I can run to him every time in the midst, on the tail end of an, an immense, huge mess up. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yep. I, I feel that, man. That's, um, did you see that? It's like a viral, like, little thing that went around and it said religion is, I messed up, I can't tell my dad, you know, and then, like, uh, relationship is, I messed up, I need to go talk to my dad. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I think that that's, like, just the difference in, like, what gospel is and what religion is. Dude, I think that's good, man. It's really good. When you're on the road, like, what's your go to snack that you're just like, I gotta have this snack or, fast food what's your guilty pleasure 
Oh man, um, trying to think. You know, it's tough because there are so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> My man. Uh, I love having like cashews on the road to stack on. Um, cashews, okay. Yeah, cashews. Uh, I know that sounds strange, but I'm trying not that, to judge. Um, yeah, sparkling water is like a big one for me. Good coffee. Uh, like we have a, a like a chemistry set up here for coffee. It's it's kind of ridiculous, but um, we're all very big coffee snobs. Like almost my entire crew is. And uh, I would say things that are I need that are snacks. I mean, I guess coffee isn't really a snack, but it kind of is for me. Um, <laughs> right. uh, the only other thing I would say that we do that is a little bit like like we do religiously is we for some reason we all like. We all like we have like a a pantry full of cereal that oh, we do dude. like that's Sing like our song. post show yeah like we'll do like just cereal at like like last night we were all eating cereal listening to the show that we played last night <laughs> and so it's just ridiculous what's that, your favorite cereal oh dude that's such a tough question okay top it three really depends on the day okay uh man I love raisin bran crunch that's I deceptively love... healthy. It's like, it's not, it's, it's, yes. it's like, they're like, it's healthy, but then you're like, you put sugar all over. How's it? But it's Raisin Bran. Yeah, but it's not really healthy. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it is. Uh, I know that pe- people are always shocked by this one, but I love Captain Crunch. I know that it like, people are like, it just ruins your mouth. And I'm like, I don't know. I just got used to it, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I always said when I, I'm like, I like Captain Crunch for two reasons, because I hate um, the roof of my mouth and I like to regret things. Yes, exactly. Would say my third, oh, dude. I really love. I just love some frosted flakes, man. Just like going, just real, you know, vanilla. But Classic. I love it. I'm a Count Chocula person. If I can find find Count Chocula, I will eat it and eat it and eat oh, it. Oh, bro, there's no that bottom. That is my wife. That's my wife, man. You're a lucky, man. She's like a huge Count Chocula fan. Quickly, quickly, talk to me about a current affair. Do you miss that world? Oh man. Um. I don't, you know, I, I guess there are certain things that I miss, but like what I really loved about being in a band that was kind of like more general market was I loved that we would go to play these shows and be like talking about Jesus to people and they, they, they wouldn't have like some preconceived notion. Like it's not like a bunch of people that have been in church their entire lives. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That we were yeah. playing to. So you almost got to see something and not, and dude, I get to see real things happen every night. I mean, even last night was incredible. I, you know, we, we put a show last night. It was a first show of Faith Tour and it was awesome. But what I'm getting at is like, there are people out there that have never even been told that anybody loves them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like literally they've never had that. And I kind of miss those moments, but it, that's really what set me on fire for telling people about the love of Jesus. It's just watching people just be almost like i don't even know how to describe it man i mean they are just in shock and awe that somebody loves them and i mean we've i had hundreds thousands of people over five years probably that that would like walk up to our table after we play show and, and just be like in tears and just be like i i've never been told that, that anybody's loved me before you know yeah. and i really miss those like conversations you know because I feel like those, those kinds of things are just so like huge and I think they're so kingdom, you know, mindset. And so, so I do miss that. I don't miss scrubbing around in a van and <laughs> eating pizza for dinner every single night for three months. No you know? doubt. 
but yeah, it, it it was a good season. It was a huge character building season, and I I respect what I do so much more now, you know. And um, but it's it's great, man. And then hopefully you subscribe and rate the show wherever you're listening, however you're listening. And also an option, maybe follow on social media. Just search Hot Takeout Pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And then there's some pretty sweet perks for you to help support this podcast on Patreon. Just search Hot Takeout Podcast and find out ways to support. Catch you next week. Uh, uh.